0: thank you for downloading from the great commission society support for this podcast comes from your generous gifts and donations you can find out more about our global ministry and team at www.greatcommissionsociety.com
1: why does communication still seem so difficult and daunting for so many people today With all the websites and social networks that we access with such ease, through all the latest gadgets and eye accessories, you'd think it would be easier than ever for the church to share the gospel with the world. The reality is that connecting with people seems harder than ever today. Meaningful connections with our fellow human beings in today's society is an interesting paradox. We're more connected than ever through social media and online networking, and yet we're also more disconnected than ever before in life. Our quaint church slogans readily boast our intention that we're all here for the world and that we're all here to reach the world, yet our efforts are all too quickly inhibited by our inability to communicate effectively. We really must ensure that our slogans are not just decorative. The majority of us seem to be able to live out our Christian lives, most publicly in church on Sunday mornings, when we sing out all those lovely songs of praise to God at the top of our voices and feed ourselves with the mightiest of sermons anyone looking in would think that the christians must be the most confident and powerful of communicators on the planet with all our well choreographed services and well-structured feel good sermons faultless and well trimmed pre-baked and there's you know nothing wrong with that per se of course as soon as we finish catching up with the church family over a cup of coffee or a tea we then retreat to our silent christian lives for the remaining 6.5 days of the week you know shutting the door of evangelical communication to the world around us indeed we may gallantly forward you know on to that you know all encouraging christian soundbite that appears in our inbox from time to time that probably originated in our christian social network but for most that would be as good as it gets yes that. You know, the picture that I'm painting for you is bleak, very bleak. And indeed, we know that around the world today, there are so many faithful Christians laying down their lives for the gospel. However, the point of what I'm trying to say here is, is you know, it's not really intended for them, for their reward in heaven. It's going to be a really great one. On the contrary, my point here is to identify with the majority of believers that are not doing that and there's simply so much need in the world today and we cannot afford to sit on our laurels for souls are at stake here it's the Lord Jesus that told us in Mark 8:35, for what would it profit a man if he gains the whole world and yet loses his soul you see as soon as the Lord was raised from the grave and was with his followers for just a little time before ascending to heaven the first believers didn't waste time they started to communicate with the world around them Their faith was so real to them that they had to share it with others, you know, face to face, door to door, village to village, country to country, you know, all the way to the grave. Doesn't that form of Christianity appeal to you? It really does to me, you know, one that's authentic and passionate, one that has got, you know, feats to its faith. And amazingly, all that the early believers had to communicate the gospel was, what, a horse, the word of God, and the Holy Spirit. (laughs) And look at what we have today, you know, you know that you know, that we got real horsepower, you know, we got the same word of God, the same Holy Spirit, and in addition to all that, you know, we got podcasts, we got the World Wide Web, we got social media, we got phenomenal graphic design, iPhone apps, the latest technology to deliver the gospel, and yet we remain crippled to communicate. Isn't that funny? You know, all we need to do you know, next is just combine Facebook, Twitter and YouTube. And then we can truly look at our profile image and say, you know, you twit face, (laughs) you know, I know I'm not kidding. You know, today's technology makes communication faster, but I'm not sure it's better. You can't make a genuine connection with someone by texting, emailing or friending alone. We got to go a bit further. You know, when you meet someone in person and share a meal together, do you remember how Jesus did? He would actually go to somebody's home and eat with them, (laughs) you know, really connecting with a person. You know, you then begin to see how that person interacts with you and the people around you. You know, all that stuff that goes with it. You observe their body language and how they carry themselves. You know, that's where the true chemistry happens face to face, one to one. You know, even with our board meetings that we have, as an organisation, there's only so many telephonic or video conferences you can have. In a recent meeting, we agreed, look, come on, we need to at least meet up face to face sometime this year, otherwise how real are we keeping it? You know, that's how the Lord Jesus touched people's lives. We would do so well to do the same and don't get me wrong we must utilize every social network available to us on our computers our 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 smartphones you know as a channel to share the our organization devotes a lot of energy to developing multimedia presentations podcasts like this you know that we, we share with people through the web and we have seen the lord save many souls Many of our evangelists around the world share the gospel by showing powerful evangelistic clips or presentations with the people that they meet. However, this does not happen before some effort has gone into building a bridge in a personal and relational way. We must not forget the Lord invites us into a personal loving relationship with him face to face. We should not aim for anything less. You know, in this postmodern age that we find ourselves, you know, we find our culture and our behaviour weakening and breaking down. We focus in, without distraction, on the slightest backlight, ringtone or vibration on a, a, you know, mobile device. Have you noticed how we automatically allow a text from anyone in the world to interrupt some of our most important face-to-face meetings that we have? one text message and that's it everything's got to stop we now look you know we've become a rather rude generation don't you think just imagine if we monitored try that we, we listen out to our, our our mobile phone ping you know can you imagine how effective we would be i think if we did would literally reach the world in no time you know please don't be challenged or offended by these words I, I, instead actually be upset by them, because I'm really upset by this issue. <laughs> upset about it enough to do something about it. Come on. The focus of this message really is just to get people to think outside of the box and to get people out from behind their computers and their neat mobile screens and out into the real world, making real connections with real people. That's what Jesus did. He took the time to speak to a person you know, over a drink uh, of water at a well. He had time to go to someone's house to personally share the gospel with them over a meal. He had the time to stop to give time to one very old and sick lady when he was in the center of a huge crowd of people all around him. He really did take time to spend time with people. He took time to explain to complete strangers the good news that could redirect their eternal future. In this modern world that we find ourselves, let us all try our very best to improve the quality of our lives by not enslaving ourselves to our latest gadgets as much and by devoting much more time to others around us. Let's all try to our very best to improve the quality of other people's lives by getting more connected with people in a loving and personal way, building relationships, proclaiming the gospel to them. Let's meet people in the highest definition of all. That would be face-to-face, by the way. Try it today. Go and find a precious soul, smile, show warmth, shake their hands and share the most wonderful news that exists. Share the gospel with that person. God bless you and keep on keeping on.
0: The digital age has connected people across the world, making instant communication and global networking a reality. But are we losing the art of face-to-face communication? And if so, are we losing the ability to share the gospel? Hello and welcome to our GCS podcast with international evangelist and author Tony Anthony. When it comes to effective evangelism, over-reliance on technology in Christian ministry can be a hindrance, especially when it ends up replacing face-to-face human interaction. Gospel tracks, street evangelism, street preachers with a megaphone, all of these things seem like evangelistic efforts of yesteryear. But if this seems true, where does that leave the state of evangelism today? Is faith-sharing a fading practice? Or does it simply look different today? In all their innovative efforts to engage culture, have Christians left this ancient practice so integral to their faith behind? Do most Christians know what the Gospel message is? And would they know how to share it? Let's join Tony as he shares a clear explanation of the gospel message
1: the gospel message the bible says that god is holy and heaven's holy and the word holy means perfect it's important to understand that god can't let anything imperfect into heaven because if he did it wouldn't be heaven the bible also says that all of us have a body and a soul and at death our bodies are buried or cremated but our soul that's the real you that lives on forever either in heaven or hell and there's no third place for it to go Unfortunately, we've got a bit of a problem, because the Bible says that if we've broken one of God's laws, whether we've lied once, cheated once, hated once, just once, like we all have, then our soul becomes imperfect and we can't go to heaven. Now, do you know anyone in this world that's never broken God's laws? The answer is obviously no, and neither do I. So here is our problem. All people have broken God's laws, which means that all people have imperfect souls so at death if your soul can either go to heaven or hell and to get to heaven you need a perfect record in life and none of us really have a perfect one then that means all of us must be going to hell now people say to me tony that's really harsh they say why would a loving god make a place called hell surely a loving god would never do that well let me explain it to you this way i want you to think of a person that you love we live in a really harsh world now imagine the person you love is brutally murdered boom they're shot They catch a murderer who's brought before a court of law, and he pleads guilty. But to your horror, the judge says, this is a really bad thing that you've done. But because I'm a loving judge, well, I'm just going to let you off. Now you'll be really angry. But why? It's because you know that when someone's broken the law, they've got to be punished. Otherwise, there's no justice. So hell is not really about love at all. It's more about Justice. Now, let me ask you three questions that somebody asked me that helped me understand why this loving God would make a place called hell. I've told lies in my life, which pretty much makes me a liar. Have you ever told a lie in your life, even once? If the answer is yes, then that means you're the same as me. You're guilty of being a liar. And if you say no, well, that's the second lie you're saying right there. Second question to consider. I've taken things that don't belong to me, which makes me a thief. Have you ever taken anything at all in this world that never belonged to you? Well, if the answer is yes, then that also makes you guilty of being a thief as well. So we're all the same. We're a group of thieving liars. Now, do you think God will let thieving liars like us into heaven? Not likely, because if God let us into heaven, then he'll be the same as the unjust judge, who also failed to punish the murderer of the one you love. You see, we can't have it both ways. But people say, but wait a minute, I'm a good person, I'm a law-abiding citizen, and lying and stealing are small things, but I've never murdered a person, I'm not a murderer. But the Bible says that if you've ever hated somebody in your heart, in God's eyes, is the same as murdering them in your heart. So last question to consider, have you ever hated anybody in your life, even once? Well, if you have, then that means you're guilty in God's eyes of being a murderer as well. And that's only three out of ten commandments. We'll not look at the other seven, because that will probably get a bit embarrassing. But that is the bad, ugly news on the Bible. For the sake of justice, there's got to be a place called hell. But here's the fantastic news. The good news is that we can all be forgiven. And that's why Jesus is my superhero. He's my hero for so many reasons. For a start, the way he split the timeline, B.C. and A.D., That's why it's the year 2020, because of Jesus Christ. Every year we're reminded of his birth, death and resurrection at Christmas and Easter. And that's just dates. What's really amazing is the difference between his soul and ours, because we are imperfect for all breaking his laws. But the Son of God is so different from us because he is completely perfect. Now picture this illustration Two thousand and twenty years ago, Jesus looked forward in time and saw us here today. Jesus turned to God and said, Father, I really love those people in the world, and I don't want any of them to go to hell for breaking your laws. Is there a way for them to be forgiven? And God turned to Jesus and said, Jesus, there's one way. My son, I love you, but if you go to earth and you become a human being, you live a perfect life on earth like nobody has ever been able to, and then you die a cruel, painful death on a cross, And be totally abandoned to take the punishments that the people in the world justly deserve for breaking my laws. Then I'll make it possible for them all to be forgiven. On the day they turn to you in faith and ask you to exchange their imperfect record for your perfect record. And as Jesus Christ was thinking about you and me, he said, Yes, I'll do it. And that's what he did all those years ago. He laid down his life for you and me. And there's no greater love than that. But there's still something that we've got to do to be forgiven. See, the Bible tells us there are three major events in life. We've got birth and death, which ultimately we have no control over. But the third major event in life, which we do, is the day when we ask Jesus to forgive us. It's the day we ask him to give to us his perfect records that we do not deserve. Now, according to the Bible, we're not forgiven by just being christened, baptised, confirmed, praying or going to church or believing God exists or trying to be good or being religious. These are very good and important things, but they're not the criteria for forgiveness. Jesus said there's two things we must do to be forgiven. The first one is we must be willing to turn away from the wrong things we do in life and say sorry to Jesus. Notice the word I said was willing. There may be many things in life that we feel powerless to give up. And that's OK, because God has the power to help us if only we ask him and let him. But we must be willing and want to turn away from the bad things and say sorry to Jesus. The second thing he said we must do is surrender to Jesus. And all surrender really means is that if God made you in your mother's womb, and if God made the whole universe surround you, then don't you think God deserves to be the most important person in your life? Surrender is when we acknowledge Jesus is God and we live our lives to him every single day but unless we can do these two things the bible says it's impossible to be forgiven which means at death it's impossible to get to heaven so you decided to turn and surrender and be forgiven well this will be like for you one day when you die you see when you were born it's like god opened this book about your life now bear in mind god never sleeps and he sees every attitude thoughts motive and action and every time we break one of god's laws is written down in your book You can imagine that by the end of your life, there's a whole library of these bad things written against you. But when we turn a surrender to Jesus, it's almost like Jesus takes your book and stands at the top of a cliff and tears out those pages of the record of the bad things you've done. He throws those pages away into the deepest sea. Actually, the Bible says God promises to never remember the bad things again. He then takes a copy of his perfect record and he places it inside the cover of your empty book with your name written on the spine of your book. And then your book is stored like a precious library book in heaven. And the miracle is that your book will not be touched again from the moment you turn and surrender your life to Jesus in a real and genuine way. And the moment that you die, even though you may break God's laws again and again. Now, that does not mean we can say sorry to Jesus and sin all over again. No, what this means is that if you're genuine and authentic, then surely there will be evidence in your life that you've turned and surrendered your life to Jesus. And then when you die, you're going to go before God on judgment day and you'll stand next to an angel and God will ask his angels to fetch your book. And he's going to look in your book and he's going to say to you, you were perfect. And as you look back on your life, you're going to say, well, no, I wasn't because I broke your laws. Don't I justly deserve to go to hell? And Jesus will say to you, well, for the sake of justice, you do deserve to go to hell because you broke my laws many times. But you, my beautiful child, you have my perfect record, which I gave to you on that day when you turned and surrendered your life to me on earth. And I forgave you that day. So welcome to heaven. And that is why Jesus is my superhero. But what would happen if you live your life and you never turn and surrender to Jesus? The Bible says this, when you die, you will go before God on judgment day. And God's going to look at you and he's going to cry. He's going to say, I'm sorry, people in the world, but I can't let you into heaven. I've got to send you to hell because you never turned and surrendered your life to me. I loved you so much. There were more than six ways I tried to reach you in your life. Didn't you remember? First of all, I... I came to die on the cross at Calvary for you, because I love you. I took a punishment that you deserve. Secondly, didn't you hear Tony share that message on that podcast? Did you not listen to the message? Don't say nobody told me. Third, there were churches all over the world. Some were good, was I was ashamed of, but you could have found the good ones to learn about me. Four, I gave you a conscience, so you would know the difference between right and wrong, even before having to read the whole Bible, so you knew precisely what you were doing fifth i created a beautiful world around you how did you not know i made that world and finally i rose from the dead to prove that i'm god and to shout loud that everything i said she was true but you still did nothing i'm sorry i'm not a thief i can't steal the free will i've given you that you seem to enjoy so if you're going to hell it's not because i'm sending you there no it's because you're choosing it so can i ask you all to please be honest now but what about you If you died tonight, where would you go? Would you go to heaven or hell? If you're not sure, please remember we need a perfect record to get to heaven. And there's only two ways we can get hold of one. Of course, you could be a perfect person, but I think we've both blown that. But the other thing we can do is we could ask Jesus to give us his perfect record. So what were the two things we needed to do to be forgiven? Please remember... In faith, number one, be willing to turn away from the wrong things you do in life and say sorry to Jesus. And two, surrender your life to Jesus Christ. But unless you're willing to do those two things, the Bible says it's impossible to be forgiven, which means at death it'll be impossible to get to heaven. Which is so sad because that is the reason Jesus died for you. If this message has made sense to you, if you've understood through this message that if you died tonight you might go to hell, or maybe you're not sure, then maybe you would like to join me in saying this prayer right now. I invite you to give your life to Jesus Christ today. Please, if you can, bow your heads and close your eyes and let's pray together. Dear Lord Jesus, I love you very much indeed, and I thank you for loving me. And as I come before you today, I want to say to you, I'm so sorry for every wrong thing I've done in my life. Please, I pray that you'll tear away my bad records. And I ask you, please, to give me a copy of your perfect records that I do not deserve. Please give to me the strength each day to stop repeating those bad things. And every time I fail, please help me to turn back to you and to say sorry and to do something about it. Dear Lord Jesus, today I would like to surrender my life to you, but I'm I'm not sure what surrender fully means. I am so used to being in control of my life, and I ask you, please teach me. Please show me how I can put you first, how I can follow you. Help me to speak to you every day. Help me to pray. Help me to find a Bible and to study your words and to obey them. Please help me to find a good church where I can learn about you and fellowship with others. Please give me the faith to share my faith with other people. I invite you into my heart this day to be my saviour. I pray in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen.
0: We hope you enjoyed the message. Please subscribe and leave a rating and review to help others find our podcast. At GCS, our mission is to communicate the gospel message relevantly to every person in the world. One way we do this is by providing practical resources to help you grow in your faith and present the Christian faith across different cultures. You can find out more about our resources at www.greatcommissionssociety.com If you would like to donate to our efforts, be sure to contact us, or you can donate online. GCS is a listener-supported ministry and is chaired by a board of directors in Edinburgh, UK.